don't have to like everything we say. You don't have to listen to us. Well, this is not something I thought I'd ever have to do. In fact, this time, you owe me. You owe me an answer to why I'm even doing this. And you've already seen the title, so let's talk about it. Let's answer the question that apparently is out there now about whether or not Jeffrey Epstein, did he in fact work for the CIA or somebody? What would say yay or nay on that? And why do so many people want to know? Or why are people so worried about this now? This question should have came up a long time ago. Maybe it did. But let's, let's have the discussion. This is something worth looking at when it comes to certain types of people with public faces, more of which should be considered for this discussion, but we'll look at him specifically and see the kind of things we're looking for. At this point, depending on how well you follow the show and how much you're really into this, there's some things you probably should identify as why he might be and might not be, but we'll discuss those. So, did old Jeffy work for the man? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Dreaming, Hiding in Plain Sight. So what had happened was, so several of you within like, uh, well, less than two days, like 36 hours or something like that, sent me emails and messages Want to know about, did Jeffrey Epstein work for the CIA? That was essentially the consensus of the question. A couple people were more like, how come you're not talking about this or that kind of thing? The reason I say you owe me an answer, I want to know why I'm asked this question. Like if this happens, I mean, it's, I do a show and then like within a week or something, I get a bunch of messages or Perhaps something's out there in the news or something I've announced I'm going to do, and then somebody starts asking me about it. That that happens. But having something like this, especially now, show up makes me wonder. So, of course, I look, I didn't look too hard. I, I really didn't try that hard, but like it wasn't trending. There was nothing going on about it. I know a few weeks ago it was in the news where they came out and published some of the names on the list, and people want to start talking about that. I saw some YouTube videos, people talking about that. I didn't watch the whole videos, but based on the titles and a little bit of stuff, there's more on the who's doing it and why, and they want convictions and all this other stuff. But I didn't see anything. I mean, I'm sure it's out there. Obviously, I want to know why. And what I'm saying is it's out there. I didn't look too hard. Why did a whole bunch of you in a short amount of time ask me this question? What What's going on out there in the internet, you know, in the blog sphere, whatever it is, that you saw that inspired you to ask this question? That's what I'm curious about where you're where you're seeing this stuff. I'm just, I'm just, it's just personal interest, but I'll answer the question. So let's see. Back in the day, we were talking about the mousy and the housey, the mice acronym, money, ideology, coercion, and ego, four things that we really go after when we want to recruit people that has changed over time to what direction we follow, what, for what reason. But the idea is simply there money. For example, 
Sure, we can pay them off, but typically it's their money issues that they have. We can use against them, blackmail them. Perhaps we can pay debts off for them. You know, whatever. There's things with money. Ideology. Like money for this situation probably isn't the case. He was a well-known producer. Had his private island. Did a bunch of terrible things. Had money. Ideology. Typically we think religion, but it doesn't have to just be religion. There are other things that are ideology, ideological perspectives and things that could be used as a way in where we might target somebody because their ideological perspectives puts them in a place in an organization we want to be in. Perhaps it's they are uh, extremists of some sort of terrorist organization or political belief, may or not be involved in something, whatever. Coercion is, you can look up the definition of coercion. There's also legal definitions, but it's a process and methods we use to coerce, essentially. <laughs> I know that sounds just super vague. But it's like interrogation, it's illegal. But there's ways in which you can legally use it. To see, be like, hey, we know these things about you, or we want you to do this this way. We, we know that you're doing this. Here's how you can help, that kind of thing. Ego plays to their ego. Ego up, ego down type thing on whoever they are for whatever reason. we use. I've talked about that in interrogation before, too. Ego could be a thing for this guy. I, I'm not saying it's not. It's just everybody in that industry has an ego. Producers are well-known have an ego. We've heard other stories about, like, this is Epstein, but we've heard about Weinstein and obviously other people who have a, probably a certain amount of ego and overconfidence, not because of what they've done, but because of their power and what they've been able to do to people. Some of them, some of them are just probably egotistical in their field, like many people are. I think it falls more along the coercion side. What we want to look at is placement and access. We've talked about this before. Does this person have access to the noun the noun is a person place or thing that's the what we want to gain intelligence on we want information we can put in the intel cycle do they have access to said noun do they have regular access to the file cabinet containing the mythical whatever that we see in the movie do they have access to the person do they have access to the organization do they have access to a door do they have access to this computer what access do they have that's regular that's normal that's reasonable that we can see benefiting us for whatever we're trying to gain placement can they be placed there appropriately? So let's say a person has access to said filing cabinet because of their security clearance. That falls within the realm because it's in the office. But they don't have placement in the office because they don't work for that guy. It's in the same area, but they don't have cipher lock codes that will get them in there, let alone know where the key is to get in the cabinet. That's def Trust me, this is oversimplifying it. This sounds like something you've seen in a movie. This is way oversimplifying it for the real world. But we look for do they have one or both, and, and can just one work? You know, can just one work or do we need two? Two is better, but could one be enough? You know, examples I've given in the past, we have a college professor who has access to certain information. Perhaps he's the guy we want. We could go to him directly. And there's things he's doing where he's working on a project we want intelligence on. Just very actually, things like this, not necessarily the process, but this type of thing's common. Business person, you know, scientist, professor working on a project and um, we want info on the project. Of course he's working on it. He has access. Of course he has a placement too, but we're not going to target him. That's like targeting the boss. You know, I mentioned like with bin Laden, we went after his driver. So what's his, what's a similar job title? So we could say, Oh, the custodian, they have keys. They're supposed to be in there to clean. So they have placement and they have access. And then it's just about, well, they don't know what this stuff is necessarily. It's fine. We can teach them. We can train them. We can tell them what to, what, what to look for once we recruit them. There's a lot of other things there. This is part of the areas movies make it a fault. Like the guy has to know certain things, be a certain type of guy, have a certain background, certain level of intelligence. 
Those things can help. They're not required. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a stupid, funny movie, but I can't think of the name of it. Matt Damon's in it, and he's like this dorky businessman. He gets recruited basically to be a spy or asset. He gets wired into whatever business, con- whatever it is, but he's all stupid and silly. There's things actually, there's places and times where you run into people like that. And they're not necessarily recruited to do anything, but they, they're that person, and they really want to help. And that's all. Oh, it's painful. It's hilarious, but it's painful. But we do things to help train and get them to what we want. So things to look at in this situation for a person like him is placement and access. So placement is unique. He, I mean, he has some placement in his job, people he meets. They're famous or celebrities. There could be reasons to target a celebrity for information for something, but most of the time that's not really a thing. But he had other placement other and other access. So he had his private island which has a certain amount of controlled access to it. I'm not talking about placement access, physical access to the island. People that came there regularly. So people regularly placed themselves with him, and he had direct access to them. Like they had phone numbers, communication methods, all these things. So obviously there were celebrities there. There was, I think there were some athletes, definitely movie people, movie business people, movie stars. There was also politicians, and there was also businessmen, some of which we know at this point. But many we've known or suspected for a long time. Right, so those people would be the target. I mean, some of them were political. Some are powerful businessmen, became political. There's reasons why we would want to speak to some of those people, depending on who they are. And sometimes, if we're going to target somebody like, say, Epstein, we target him because he's got this process. He's got this house, private island. These people are coming there regularly. And we happen to know, probably, he's doing terrible things. So we use it against him. And this is all hypothetical. I'm not telling you this is what happened. We use it against him so that through him or as a so-called visiting guest, we're introduced to meet other people there. And perhaps those other people aren't the ones we want access. We want to use them to gain access to somebody else. So we use, say, uh, Epstein and his island as a gateway to gain uh, physical access to a person. We'll say we're doing it ourselves, that we want to use that person. Right? Epstein's just a gateway. He's like, He's like the guy making the introduction, doesn't realize that's who he is. We make him think he's helping us, but he could be, and it could be that. You're helping us get access to this guy. No problem. Could be we make him think he's helping us get access, but we're really just trying to get to that guy because we're going to use him to get access to somebody or something else that we want. These can be very detailed, convoluted, and go many layers deep and could go on for years. The point is there's people there of value for different reasons because, as I've said before, when it comes to things like collection requirements, Pretty much everything's on that list. If you saw ICR books, you know, like I remember commanders making their PIRs and they, they know what PRs are, priority intelligence requirements. They know the importance of them. They've been deployed multiple times, but every time they get a new command, they make them just odd off along and some Intel guy's got to straighten them out and be like, what are you doing? Give me three, give me five, don't give me 50. You know, they, they always want something. So there's, Things on these lists, especially the big like HCR lists that are covering just about every field and thing you can think of, it makes almost any person with access or placement to the information potentially valuable if they, we think there's something. You know, just because they work with nuclear propulsion doesn't mean we want to talk to them. You know, but we target them for whatever reason. We find out something in a conversation some other way, and then we then we go after them. Right. So that's one thing to look at. Another thing, though, is. A lot of people that are recruited, we'll say, become our assets, are 
high risk, not necessarily high profile. They're high risk individuals that can, we can use against them. You know, what he's doing was high risk. That criminal activity was very, very high risk and illegal. So that's like a given. That's a, I'd like the word indicator. I've been using that a lot. A couple of indicators placement and access is the people he's regularly around that are coming to a very private location that can be where they feel like is somewhat more secure and controlled. And he and potentially some of them are involved in a high risk lifestyle. So we could use in theory, the high risk lifestyle against him to gain access to say Bob over here. And we can prove Bob's involved in high risk lifestyle. He's the real guy I want. And I can use him to get me set information or access to whatever, right? So this is kind of the process of how this goes. That's simplifying it. There's always more factors and details. Now, to answer the question of whether or not I think he was working for, say, the CIA or anybody, I want to go back to Iraq. I want to tell you stories to, to understand what I am going to say about him. So there was a time... I remember my third tour, I don't know, 2007, eight, somewhere in there. So at this time, I think that's when it was. Anyway, we had a thing called El Sawa, the sons of Iraq. Here's the short version. We buy our way out of things. We buy peace deals. We buy treaties. We buy our ways out of wars, something we've done for a long time that works. We do most of the time. Part of the trade deals and stuff we do that benefit us. Saves lives, especially in situations like Iraq where, like, this shit is not stopping. It's costing us a lot of money. We need to go. That's the real <laughs> down and dirty version. So what we did was we paid off the bad guys. This is all we did. This is all Sons of Iraq was. We had cops that were getting killed or dirty cops. There was a few terrorists. Most were actually insurgents, which are two different things. Anyway, we also figured out by this point, they'd killed off a lot of foreign fighters. They, they were sticking with the AQI theory, the main, it's the main driving focus of all uncertainties, basically solely nationalism of the Iraqi, Iraqi identity for these insurgent groups who did not want the Americans there. You know, they're winning in some areas, they're losing in others, but we got all the political stuff going on, and it's, it's you know, we need to get out of here type thing. So we came up with this brilliant plan that we've done many times, so it wasn't really come up with anything called El Sawa. So what we did is we said, look, you're an insurgent. You're Bob the terrorist. You tend to work in this area. We know that you do. This is, this is all we're going to do. We're leaving. Okay. For us to leave, you guys got to quit attacking us. So here's all you need to do. You're going to stay in your little backyard. You're going to go occupy all the checkpoints. You're going to occupy all the police checkpoints, all the military checkpoints. Okay. You can enforce the law here. Don't make it too crazy. Don't do any Sharia stupid shit while we're here that makes us have to come back in and go fighting. Right, You can basically run the show. We come through, talk to you, you give us information. We come through, you let us through, you don't attack us, and we won't kill all of you. In exchange, we're going to leave the country. And if anything happens, even one of your insurgent buddies you don't like or somebody that's pro-America, and they come over here and they mess in your backyard where you're staying, you tell us we'll go deal with it. Right, And so that's how the game was played. And all of a sudden, the war slowed down quite a bit. And then it started happening. They'd say, oh, Bob, my name is Bob. Remember me? Yeah, Bob, I remember you. Jerry over here came over here and he's doing stuff where he's planting IEDs. And we learned very quickly that Bob, what all these Bobs were doing, was setting up fake stuff to blame it on these other guys so we would go attack them and then they could take over their territory. So they're trying to use us for their own little proxy war. We figured it out very quickly. Why? There's signatures and indicators to things done by people because of things like EOD and, and 
years of analysis and intelligence collection and god-awful amount of IDs, we learned, and it wasn't just IDs, but we learned things people know about bomb makers. Like, you could learn a lot about a bomb maker, but for us, it was even more general. Oh, you use this type of bomb in this place made of these materials. We know that belongs to your organization and probably one of these guys. Like, we knew this stuff. So we come to me like, Bob, Bob, bro, you're killing me, man. Listen, we know Jerry didn't do this. Here's all the times that you and your buddies use this type of bomb in this area. We know it's you. Knock it off. Or what we're going to do is we're just going to wipe you out and we're going to let Jerry take your spot over. And this was kind of the back and forth we did on the ground for a while when people were really getting frustrated when we're way out the door. That was really what was happening. But we knew there were experts that knew signatures and indicators of why said bomb belonged to said person or organization that could not, no matter how much they wanted to argue it, we're like, Bob, you don't know what you're talking about. The point of that is to say, looking at Epstein, are there things that appear to be or look like signatures or indicators that might suggest a possibility that he could have been working as an asset for an organization, not specifically anybody, just for any organization anywhere that was, say, intelligence-based or law enforcement-based? Yes, there are. Does that mean that that was happening? No, it doesn't. What are the likelihood that it was the CIA. I would tell you from my experience that I do have, absolutely not. I would be surprised if it was the agency. I'm not afraid to be wrong on that, but I would be surprised. I don't think it's them. Quite frankly, I don't think it's an American agency by any means. Could it be like the FBI? I don't think so. could be, but I'm going to say no, especially the way they did everything. The only way it could turn out to be the FBI is if he's like, I'm not playing ball anymore for these reasons. And they're like, oh, yeah, guess what's about to happen? Kind of like uh, those that know about the story of Randy Reaver and Ruby Ridge. What happened there? The short version is he got involved with an organization of people, private organization. You know, he had some weapons training. And one of the guys asked him to, what do they do, soft some shotguns, a few illegal weapons modifications, nothing, not too many of them. But these guys were undercover ATF guys. And they're like, we got you, right? And they did this on purpose, not to put him in jail, but to use it as coercion against him and say, now you're going to work for us. And then he eventually went, the hell I am. And they went, now you're going to go to jail for the crime we legally entrapped you on. And that's how that standoff started. That was a short version of it. So it's possible somebody like the FBI could have been doing whatever, right? But I don't think so. Because I find it unlikely that they would have been using him for whatever their purposes are, but allowing all these things to happen with kids. I I find that damn near impossible. So I don't think it was them either. Are there places in this world that could have been? Yes. Um, There's a few places that come to mind that would operate that way. I don't have enough info to specifically say A, B, or C country. I don't even want to put that out there public platform especially considering where this podcast is heard but there are people that organizations that look a lot like that why would they do it though well it goes beyond just a placement and access because we're talking about what can we do with placement and access and I, I always talk to you about as I did earlier getting information but the other thing is to make things happen so we've had episodes in the past where I talked about cyber espionage strategy and I specifically talked about Russia and China being two big cyber actors and how one of the things that they were doing, right, when we talk about the whole collusion thing and all this stuff, it's well known now, too. 
they were doing what a lot of people do. They just go buy ads like on Facebook or wherever. People are doing it right now. Regular people do it. And they're selling an idea instead of a product. Most people that are out there, like on Facebook, Facebook is a place where people sell ideas. Some people are selling products. Most people are trying to sell ideas. Crazy ones too. And then what did I tell you? They weren't out there trying to get one side or the other, you know, to be pro-conservative or pro-Democrat in the United States. They were trying to cause chaos. They were trying to pit us against ourselves and each other to cause chaos, to cause problems here so they could focus on what they were doing. Things like that, especially for the Chinese, have worked well for a long time as we weren't paying attention to them. You know, we've talked about that in several episodes. So if you want to, you know, go back and listen to the one called Cyber Espionage Strategy, I believe it's still called that. I've retitled a few to make them a little better, but that was a couple years ago. Explaining how that process works that, and I'm not isolating or saying it's either Russia or China. I'm just saying there's reasons why you'd want access to these people. We got political people that maybe they want them to do or sign something or whatever. Maybe they just want to know, maybe they just want to know what they're thinking about certain bills and laws because the country that's targeting them through say Epstein's contact is trying to figure out or has figured out a lot about the way the ball bounces based on which way this guy votes and they need that information. That could be possible. You know, maybe they want to, maybe there's some famous movie people out there that have big platforms that say a lot of things publicly beyond movies about politics or whatever, no matter how crazy it is, that's causing reactions and disruptions in Twitter. And so these guys want to get on board with that to cause more issues. You know, maybe it's that. Maybe there's somebody out there who's got access to some information and we don't know about it it's unlimited options. I mean, options aren't unlimited, but fantasizing your head. There's a lot of reasons there. Some of which sound crazy. You're probably, probably right on the money. So these ideas are out there. People want this information. So it's, it's either getting these guys, these assets, these recruited people or just sources, whatever they legally classified as we're either trying to obtain information or we're trying to influence activities are the main things. I want intel always, but your main purpose for me may not be to get me information. It may be, like I could be in Iran working with a bunch of dudes and some political activist public thing, and I'm getting intel from you, but that's not my mission. My mission is to make you active, make you an activist organization to call for regime change, to do whatever. I'm getting intel from that, but that's affecting a lot of bigger things in the world, and we're going to see how the rest of the world reacts to it, and we're also going to try to use it to actually cause regime change if we get that lucky. Things like that are realistic. Using the smallest regular everyday folks that just had a balls to go out publicly in a country like that and make a political activist statement knowing they very well could be killed for it. You know, those things are very real. So this goes back to one of the things I've pushed a lot that... I won't say that yet, but one of the things I've been pushing recently is the purpose, the reason why we do things. What's the reason why? Again, did Jeffrey Epstein work for the CIA? Well, no, but who cares? That's not the question you should be asking. The question you should be asking is, why would anybody want to use him? What reason would they have for him? And you go, well, you know, I had access to all these famous people. I knew that before listening to the show. Okay, but that doesn't answer the question. That's you thinking you're answering the question. It goes way beyond that. What are the other layers to this, right? Like, don't think of them as layers deep. You're not looking deep enough. Think of it as like moving forward through layers of doors. I don't think that's a terrible analogy. I can't think of a good one. (laughs) You're moving forward on this idea. It goes beyond that. So you've got placement and access. So what? To what, though? Well, to the person. Okay, but why that person? 
what is it about that person? You know, and if you just start making assumptions or because of your political beliefs, you're way off the money, you're way off the mark. Those, no, 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 no. So short version, did he work for the CIA? No. Did he work for any American agency? Possible, but I'd say no. Foreign, very possible. Um, and, you know, would they help him or leave him hanging out the drive? Sure. Why do people think the CIA? Well, it's like I said, everybody always looks for the negative. He dies in prison the way in which he died. They, of course, think only the CIA is that capable. They're, it's not only the CIA. CIA ain't going to send some dude in there to kill him. You know, they're going to pay somebody in the prison to do it. You know, or maybe he just had some weird solo sexual adventure that went wrong. I don't know. But there's, there are places out there that will remove people from the playing field, especially after they're compromised and compromised by being caught. There are places that do that and are willing to make such bold moves. If that is what happened, I don't know that that is what happened. No, it's not obvious, even though people say that. You know, and that's the other thing, too. Like, if you look at the... I remember one of my favorite shows I share with people is the one on gang stalking. Because in there we talk about a guy, we use the examples of them being followed and, and things like they might say, well, it's obvious that it's the FBI or it's obvious that it's the government. And the questions are like, okay, well, why is it obvious, though? What about this individual telling it's obvious? What knowledge does he have of those operations? What knowledge does he have of that organization? Did he ever work there? Is he trained in surveillance? Is he aware that they don't all do it the same? You know, does he have any idea how it works in teams or individuals? Does he know the flow of vehicles in a standard grid pattern for FBI agents who are using, say, five vehicles to trail and follow somebody and how they do it and where those are located? You know, and when they can't answer those questions that you can easily, those are some basic ones you can find out, but it tells you a lot about how their thought process works. What I'm saying is whoever's saying this out there, they're either right and know what they're talking about or they're wrong and they're making things up, right? So if they're giving you details and explaining why possibilities and they have the experience and background legitimately in this subject of say working for like an intelligence agent or law enforcement agency where they went undercover and recruited people, probably worth listening to. If it's anybody else out in the ether that does whatever, says whatever, they have no experience in this, especially if they're just somebody that's a, you know, wannabe blogger, commentator, I don't care how big they are. And they're saying things like, well, it's very obvious and it's blah, blah, blah. The only thing that's obvious is they don't know what they're talking about. You know, so I caution you on those sources. Again, evaluate your sources. You know, evaluate your sources. Go back and listen to that. So check those things out. If you're interested in cyber espionage strategy, check that one out where we discuss how Russia and China does that. You might learn some things there. You can cross over to this idea. Remember that there are other people that could fall in this category. It could very easily make you think that there could be a ton of them. And it, oh, it'd be so easy. I can see how this could be a lot of people. Okay, then you definitely are way too out in the weeds and broad scoped on this idea. There are people out there that very easily could be worked or twisted for people. And typically, though, you don't see them or have any idea. Why? Because it's never talked about until they get caught. You know, things are usually done pretty well, pretty professionally to hide these things until somebody makes a mistake or some model walks down the catwalk and <laughs> drops a firearm or whatever, or some dumb law enforcement guy does a bat flip by drinking in a nightclub and his hanging goes across the floor. Until somebody makes a real serious mistake, typically they go unknown to the people that are regular people. Not They're not amateurs. They're not novices. They're nobody. They don't know anything about this. They only know what they see on TV. And a lot of times those guys are even unknown to the pros. It's part of the reason why everybody kind of wins at espionage to a certain degree. Now, lastly, check out the show notes for a link to a new podcast. You can also search for this on Spotify or podcasters for Spotify. 
called ISOM, A-I-S-O-M, An Informed State of Mind. That is podcast just starting at the first episode out right now. I think it's only on the Spotify platforms, but once a few shows are out, it'll at least work its way out to the major ones like Apple and a few others. But you can uh, put the link to Spotify in there. You can check the show out. He dropped his first show yesterday, I believe, talking about what it means to have an informed state of mind, where he's going with that. He's already got his social media going, some of which have been around for years. You can check those out, join the pages, join the conversation, talk to him, find out exactly what kind of stuff he's looking for. Check polls and questions on the show, too. And that's from Luke the Cop, an informed state of mind.